The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 15. How can a sports science degree be applied into the fitness industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I am your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who will inspire and encourage you to be the best you can be in your current profession. I hope today's episode can be useful with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Joe Southwell. Joe is the founder of JS Conditioning where he formulates personalised fitness programmes to support his clients. In today's show, Joe will share his career journey by explaining how he applied his sports science degree into the fitness industry. Joe, it's great to have you on the show. Please can you share your sports career journey to the listeners? When did it all start? Uh, Well, it started from a very young age, to be honest. Um, Obviously, I always knew I was going to end up doing something down the line of sport. Uh, purely based on the fact that I started rugby, uh, I think it was under seven, so I must have been six, uh, and then went all the way up to my career playing professional rugby, well, semi-professional rugby, sorry, um, with the Henley Hawks, who were national, uh, I think that, at the time it was national three before the leagues got changed, and then obviously went through and then uh, went all the way up to championship level, and then I obviously got quite a few injuries on the way, but I was always very much interested in kind of the gym side of things like strength and conditioning to which then I then furthered my education on that going to um, St Mary's University and actually studying strength and conditioning and then um, yeah and then how I kind of led to where I was now obviously uh, got my qualification in strength and conditioning and then decided that I wanted to pursue that obviously I know that strength and conditioning is quite raw in the way that it is very new to the market even though it's been around for quite a while it's still quite unestablished with a lot of sporting professions um yeah so then I wanted to start my own gym to which I've done and then also I was very fortunate in that I knew quite a few people in my local area to which I ended up landing a position as a head strength and conditioning at a national two south uh team uh, called Reading Indians um, so yeah, I was very lucky in that respect because obviously for someone of my age to get that position and be established as I am is quite unheard. But in that respect, I was very fortunate. Um, also then landed a few opportunities from working with them uh, to work with Reading University as their head strength and conditioning for the rugby side of things. And uh, also with Sir William Borlase, that are kind of quite a top leading grammar school in the country. Um, as well as they're very good with their rowing. Uh, they actually went to the Henley Royal Regatta this year. Didn't place too well, but um, still, we'll see. They, they look the biggest in the boat. What's the best thing? <laughs> that sounds really interesting, Joe, especially, as you said, having that opportunity. Touching back, though, on what you said about that sport and conditioning is still very unique. In your opinion, though, how has the fitness industry developed, let's say, in the last 10 years, from your experience? 
I've obviously only been in the fitness industry in terms of personal training and SSC in the last probably three to four years. Um, in the way it's changed, in my personal opinion, it really hasn't changed that much. Um, in the obviously, I think a lot of people will disagree and agree, but in terms of um, kind of like exercise selections and what we do for our clients, it's all exactly the same as what you would do. 20, 30 years ago, but with a different kind of bag, a different kind of ball, uh, a different name for it. Um, so I think things can get a lot of, a lot of the time it could be overcomplicated in terms of personal trainers start making up their wacky and wild names for things and then selling them for a very nice price, making a little bit of money in that respect. But in actual fact, if you look into the embedded kind of technique, the modalities about that type of training in terms of the fitness industry it is very much the same um but in terms of the fitness industry in my perspective of things in an ssc kind of side of things it has changed dramatically in that um obviously with a lot of sporting professionals especially in female sport i see it a lot in that it's actually becoming more professional uh, with regards to physios with regards to strength and conditioning and it is very, very new. I think, I think the female uh, women's rugby team, uh, obviously the England rugby team, has only just turned professional. And that includes SSE coaches, full-time physio, full-time payment. And so in that respect, I think the sporting industry f- there has changed dramatically over this last kind of two-year period. And I think that's absolutely amazing, uh, creating more opportunities for more people. Um, but also, yeah, from an SSC side of things, I think, like I said earlier, SSC is still very, very new, and it's very kind of out there for interpretation. Because obviously, there can be a lot of people in my position just go ahead and do a qualification and, and establish themselves as an SSC coach. So the sporting kind of market in terms of professional clubs, semi-professional clubs, not just in rugby, obviously, because that's my kind of main priority. But um, in terms of a lot of things like rowing, uh, all across the board, SNC is slowly getting more established as a need for the kind of the, the sporting industry to, to change. What well, it's really good to hear, to be honest. I think you just then, Joe, you've highlighted a key area, especially with women's sport and how much is being more promoted. I think it's more of a social thing as well, being more expected. Let's say on television. But just touching back on your personal trainer experience, what core skills do you think you need to be able to do that as like a full-time career job? I think a lot of core skills of personal training. I think one thing that I've learned is obviously over the kind of, I think how long has it been now since I've started JS Conditioning. So JS, JS Conditioning is my personal training company I started. I think it's only been about seven to eight months I've been running for. So, obviously, in terms of my personal training experience, it is very raw still in terms of, obviously, I don't have the years of experience that people have just hands-on, one-to-one with your average Joe or whoever I'm training. But in terms of core skills, I think a lot of the time, obviously, from my perspective, obviously, I write all these programs before, I try and make them really unique, I try and change it all the time, but it's being able to be open-minded with your clients in terms of I found a lot of my clients could be quite stubborn in terms of they don't actually want to do a lot of the training sometimes I've I got a few clients that they just kind of want to have a chat really 
as well as do a little bit of casual training and feel and it's the feel good factor really so in terms of the core skills you really need to be on your feet you need to be able to change improvise there and then on the spot and have a good underst- understanding of um your client um also one thing i find with a lot of personal trainers um is that well I'm quite fortunate in the respect that I've gone and done a strength and conditioning degree and then obviously then I've learned my core skills, being able to relate my exercises to anatomy and then have rationales behind as to why I'm doing things, so on and so forth, where there's some personal trainers out there that have one plan and one plan only and if it doesn't work then they're like, oh, what do I do? But um, it's just being able to think on your feet a little bit more and being able to kind of come up with better plans that kind of utilize the most out of your clients because from my side of things I don't particularly like training um, say like your average Joe who just wants to drop a couple of pounds so they look better in a bikini my kind of emphasis on my training is so I've just recently got a new guy that's coming into jazz conditioning he's had an ACL reconstruction he wants to get back into playing his rugby again. So he's only 14. Um, and that is kind of where my um, skills lie in the respect that he wants to have, there's an end goal for him. He wants to achieve, well, his achievement is to play rugby again. And he wants to be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, because he always was. Yeah, so it's just, so being a good personal trainer the skills you need is just being able to think on your feet and, um, yeah, just kind of, yeah, be. It's, 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 that question, is, I find it, it's quite a hard question because it's just like it, it's, it's so open for discussion. Like what makes a good personal trainer is, is such a, it, 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 it is a very hard question in the respect that, yeah, it's so open for, for interpretation. It's very dependent upon your client basis. It's very dependent upon who you want to train at the end of the day. Um, obviously, if you're just looking for kind of like an over-60s, it's probably more of a social thing. If you're looking for professional athletes, you're looking more for, right, these guys, they want to be training hard. They want to see the end goal. They want to have monitoring. They've got to have testing. So you know where they, they know where they stand, where their progression's going where some people, they just want to lose a couple of pounds or lose a, a stone or two. And then obviously their training is completely different. So in terms of your skill basis, it's very much dependent upon your target audience, I guess, and who you establish yourself from the outset. But just touching back on your experience in regards to today's main topic, how has your sports science degree supported you during your career so far? Uh, well, I think... Well, in terms of my sports science degree, um, so I did a mixture of sports science in the respect that obviously there was a lot of anatomy, there was a lot of um, theory behind the kind of, I see training as a bit of an art in the respect that we learn, I learned a lot of things that I probably didn't need to know to where I am now. So I learned loads of all these theories, these uh, ways in training the brain to uh, there's loads of things that I probably I really didn't need to know but in terms of what I needed to know was the hands-on coaching so what makes my strength and conditioning degree so my sports degree what makes it there and how it relates to my day-to-day life is that 
we learned a lot about how to um, write programs, uh, how to then put it into cycles in terms of weeks, months, years, and then being able to then relate to your athlete in a way that obviously every the thing I find with the strength and conditioning side of things, especially at Reading Inns, is every individual is completely different. So one exercise works for him, one exercise works for them. Um, whether that's from a an ability in terms of muscular abilities, in terms of uh, they might have problems with their anatomy in terms of range of motions or wh- whatever. Because obviously I can't really say what it is because every guy's different. But um, yeah, how it's got me to where I am today in terms of what I've learned it is mainly just to do with that kind of being able to think on your feet, exercise selection, um, being able to put good periodized plans in place uh, that are then rationaled, that then have a meaning. And then also the main thing, especially with working at all of my, so not my personal training, my strength conditioning stuff, being able to then relate what I do to all the coaches. Because at the end of the day, what I do then has to be go to the goes to the sports so it goes to the the head of the coaching and then that goes to the general manager of the club or whoever it is because at the end of the day they're the guys that are paying you so you gotta get results for the guys and then be able to utilize everything you've kind of learned and put it all in into place so that it it molds the club because I can't beast the players so with Reading Indians they are very much a a family kind of team in that in order to play for the team, you've got to get into the ethos, the family behind the club. But then if I'm there being like a bit of a drill sergeant and saying, right, forget about your mate, you're going on a run, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't fit their ethos as a club. And then it's finding ways to learn about your your sporting environment and then utilise the skills and the techniques to which you have learned through your development at uni or doing a sports degree at college or however you decide to, to go ahead and do it and then put it into practice really. Joe, what you're trying to say is that it's all about the students applying what they've learned and put it into practice. Yes, and, exactly, yeah. And most of all, as you say, each it's all about man management as well. I think people forget yeah. that because as you know, a lot of people who do sports science degrees, they study for three years and then... They leave and they go, now what? And the core yeah. element is what you're trying to explain in a fantastic way, especially from a fitness perspective, but most of all club perspective, because each club's different as well and different exactly, sport yeah. clubs are different. But just relating back to, shall we say, your business perspective of your own strength and, strength and condition and service, from a business perspective, what have you learned the most from setting up your own gym? In terms of a business perspective, obviously, that well, one, things never go to plan. You you can write a business plan. You can do all this, uh, right? I need this many clients to get this target to buy this bit of a gym equipment to buy this. But saying that gym equipment really expensive. <laughs> uh, honestly, it, it it keeps topping up, and you think, right? If I buy this bit of gym equipment, how many clients do I need? It never goes to plan. Right? You think, right? You plan out your week, and you think, right? Okay, I've got Simon, Sarah. Joe and John coming in and then half the time one of them's going to drop out one of them's going to change the times and it's literally it's being able to be on your feet in terms of 
a kind of basically being open as soon as you start saying right you can't come in this time you can't do this time it nothing goes to plan basically <laughs> it, it, it's so hard like even I, th- I think trying to get our conversation took us ages so like nothing goes to plan really it it, it does it takes you've got to be very open-minded and a lot of that, saying that a lot of the things I find with all my coaching is that I don't actually obviously I do a lot of my coaching things like that but it's more about um I, I personally I think I should go into counseling because a lot of the people they start opening up to me in terms of their experiences their relationships and then from a business side of things I think just kind of yeah all, all I literally do is just have anything everything on an excel sheet and hope it goes to plan really um there isn't really a way of trying to make it in that respect it's just it's what you get and how you go about doing it like I tried doing all these advertisements so Facebook you spend money on all these brochures and all these kind of things I think they're great but in terms of what I actually got out of them absolute diddly squat nothing it's all about word of mouth really with this kind of this type of business anyway but obviously I'm not condoning because at the end of the day you've got to get your brand out you've got to get yourself out there and obviously people won't find out about you just through word of mouth because obviously you can't I can't tell you what to say it all comes down to trial and error trust me I'm going through that as well exactly just touching it back on your gym and what you're doing would you mind explain to the listeners the type of services you provide so in terms of type of services obviously I've got one-to-one personal training uh, group sessions uh, and then I also do kind of an online um, kind of type as well so where whether it's from just from like a personal training kind of thing um if you're looking for so almost what i would do is you say right say i give you a call and i say right how's your training going what are you doing blah 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 and they say right i'm a member of this gym my training's not going too well and then if they say right joe i want a gym program so what i would do i would compile a folder to which then has a monthly, so it'll, it'll be a service, it'll be a monthly service, and then from there, I'll have a, a monthly gym program to which they will have um, exercises for mobility, activation, and then obviously then there'll be diet plans and everything, all in this little folder that I send to your house, and then it follows, and then every month I send a new, a new kind of updated program, obviously, so just keep it fresh, keep it um, different in a way, because otherwise, the thing I find with uh, gym training, it can get really, really boring. But as long as you keep it up and keep it contemporary, uh, people love it. Um, so yeah, so the online service, one thing I provide, obviously, like I said, one-on-one stuff. And then in terms of an SNC perspective, I do exactly the same thing in terms of the updated programs, one-on-one. Se- um, uh, sorry, updated programs in terms of sending out new programs each month but also with that I then provide a kind of a monitoring a testing so I can get a gauge of how my athlete is developing whether that's for a rowing perspective or on a rugby perspective uh, that kind of idea um, and then also the other thing I provide is then strength conditioning where I would then go into an establishment of some description whether that's rugby rowing hockey or whatever and then I train a group of athletes down there and obviously then I write weekly programs for them and then obviously do monitoring and testing so on and so forth through through the course of their season off season or pre-season or however it is or whatever it is they do um yeah so just an overview it's strength and conditioning online strength and conditioning and personal training one-to-one sessions and 
uh, group training sessions. Out of interest, on a personal note, from the clients you work with, what outcomes do you see when they finish a program, for example? It's quite a hard question, that, in terms of what is the outcome I'm trying to achieve from that particular person, whether it's a strength gain, whether it's a weight loss, some form of a distance that they're maybe like a marathon they're trying to achieve or a time they're trying to achieve or whatever it is. So from like a month, I think the main thing I get from that is a lot of the feedback I get is, Joe, love the program. It's really fun. It's always updated. It's really good. Keep it up. Um, so I think the main thing I get back from that is enjoyment, really. So the one thing I want to keep with my clients is at the end of the day, it, it's the same as doing a diet. So you go on the Atkins diet and you, you finish it and you're absolutely miserable <laughs> because you haven't been able to have a chocolate bar, you haven't been able to have a bit of pasta or whatever you want. So where I don't really term a diet as a diet, I term it as a lifestyle change. So when it comes to training, I then term that as a lifestyle change because in terms of one, one thing I make very clear from the outset, and I will turn around to my clients and if you're not 100% committed into doing this, I will not send you a program, I will not train you. Because at the end of the day, what's the point in me training you when you're not going to do anything about it? Because surely you want to achieve a lifestyle change. You want to change. You want to change who you are. Well, not who you are, but you want to change your appearance, the way you look. It could be, it could be you just want a bit of happiness in your life. You just want something to get away from all the stress from work or you want to achieve something out in the park. You want to score more tries. You want to run a marathon do a triathlon or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So I guess the main thing I get from all of my training is enjoyment, fun, and a sense of self-achievement, really. Joe, I think you're absolutely right. And it also relates to being really honest within yourself. And I feel we're at a great stage of the interview where I like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in the fitness industry? I think the one thing is... Find your market. What makes you tick in terms of... See, when I came out of my strength edition degree, I was like, right, what do I do now? Because there was a period of two... I think it was about two and a half months when I actually started working at Virgin Active as a membership consultant. Right. What was I doing there? I do not know. But that gave me a lot of time to think, right, what do I want to do how am I going to make money? Because at the end of the day, after university, it's all about making money. It's all about paying your student loan back. And obviously then it's enjoying what you do. So will you get satisfaction out of training 60-year-olds how to get a little bit better, be able to get off their seat a little bit easier and that kind of feel-good factor? Is that what gives you your kick in terms of earning money? Or is it getting a group of, group of athletes and making them better, making sure they potentially go up a league and things like that. Or is it training yummy mummies? Or is it, it could be anything. But then I think the one thing I would say is it's finding your niche, finding where you excel. Because there's no point in trying to be an over 60s trainer, personal trainer, be a yummy mummy trainer, then be a professional athlete trainer, and be this kind of trainer. Because at the end of the day, your all your training is so open for interpretation. And then 
it, it can get lost because you can start doing the wrong kind of training for this person, the wrong kind of training for that person, and you're better off just focusing on one market or maybe two markets and done because that's all I do. So in terms of I focus on two markets, I focus on females that want to get back, obviously, from pregnancy. So t in terms of trying to look to stronger, tone up, make them feel better, that feel-good factor. And then my other side of my training is then this kind of professional athlete training. Joe, that is great. You're absolutely right in finding a niche. But also, as you also said, finding something you enjoy. Exactly. There's no point in trying to do something that you don't enjoy because it's just, it will be a long, long, long time wasted for you. Exactly. But Joe, how can people in interact with you? Uh, how can they? Uh, I've got my website. Uh, so that's www.jsconditioning.com. And then also I'm on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. My Facebook page is, I think it's just at JS Conditioning. Um, and then my Twitter is JS underscore conditioning. And then my Instagram is JS underscore conditioning as well. So I'm quite lucky in that respect. It's all quite easy. That is great. To all the listeners out there, if you want to connect with Joe, all of his links, social media links will be on my website relating to this post. Joe, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you very much, Ed. What a really interesting career journey by Joe, and I wish him all the best of luck with regards to his career journey. For me, it's really great to hear that somebody like myself, a sports science student, is applying their degree back into the industry. And I wish a lot of students out there, if you have got a sports science degree, you can apply it, even if it takes a bit of time in knowing what exactly you want to do. And I hope you really take some tips on board what Joe said during that interview. As always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Joe said, find your niche and find where you can excel. If you really want to work in the sports industry, you've got to find a certain niche where you can really make a difference and also become an expert in the sports industry.